Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's Storm and Kieran bringing you the netballing moments that matter. This is Center Pass in focus on SENZ. Gentlemen, you wouldn't believe it. Round 11 in the ANZ Premiership, done and dusted. One minute past eight here on ECNZ. Welcome into Centre Pass and Focus. Myself, Kieran Bingham, usually alongside Storm Purvis, uh, sending our love, uh, both me and producer Ben, back to Storm, who unfortunately has uh, come down with a, with a, some sort of bug, which has, has rendered her dizzy. So Storm, I hope you are resting up tonight. So just me taking you through uh, this hour, 8 till 9, here on ECNZ. And just remember, come keep me company. 8833 is the uh, Temper Bedpost text line. Well, give me a call anytime, 0800 150 811, if you would like to join the conversation. I'll let you know what we've got coming up here on Cinepass and Focus. As always, we're going to down catching up with Kimi Orapoi uh, from the Tactics. Uh, you guys would know me as putting on my binoculars and going down doing a bit of Tactics watch, so no different this week speaking with uh, Kimi Orapoi, who's had a pretty interesting season so far uh, to start the campaign with the Tactics. We're quite used to seeing Kimi with the centre bib on, but this season uh, with the introduction of Laura Malcolm, the, the English Rose International, we've seen Kimi play at uh, wing attack a lot more this year. Really interested to see uh, all you Christchurch fans out there get on double eight double three. Let me know how you think the tactics are going this season. And uh, I promised it last week on the uh, the pre-record, the return of Coach's Corner. So just after this little corridor, we're going to jump down to the Coach's Corner and catch up with uh, with almost Miss Five Time. Five minor premierships is uh, looking on the horizon for the Central Pulse as they currently sit top of the table after getting an emphatic win over the Northern Mystics in this round's action. And uh, usually, look, usually we have Storm's Performance of the Week, and this is where we uh, pick Storm 7, given honourable MVP slash captain. But this week, uh, I thought I'd leave that to Storm. So we're going to be parking Storm's Team of the Week uh, for, for round 11. We'll get her to, to send one through, and, and we'll review that to you uh, either via social media at ECNZ underscore radio or we'll catch you up on that next week. But there is some interesting news come out of the Silver Ferns camp. 
which I would like to bring to your attention a little bit later on. Uh, it regards one of our finest mid-quarters we've ever had. I'll give you a clue. She captained us to a World Cup win in 2019, that uh, fantastic day in, uh, in Liverpool, I believe. So all that and more coming up on Centre Pass and Focus, but I thought we'd just start by uh, ripping into what happened over the weekend, and, and this week is a little bit us- uh, unusual. Uh, only the three games this weekend, we're used to seeing the double header, given this uh, is a World Cup year, they have shortened it down and uh, two teams will play a double, but round 11 was was a little bit strange, I, I thought I'd missed the first Sunday game when, when the Pulse and Mystics were on, I lost my bearings, but nope, there was just Saturday, Sunday and Monday, so we'll kick it off on Saturday. The Trident Hose Tactics took on the Magic in Rangiora. Look, it was a packed-out stadium in, in Rangiora, and it's always awesome when, when we can get our uh, elite teams down there and, and, and give it back, and we've seen it quite a lot this season. So full house in, in Rangiora. It was a really interesting game for me, uh, just matching them two up together. The, the Tactics, who we've seen have hit a, hit a recent struggle in form over the last few rounds, and that was something that, that we didn't quite expect uh, given the calibre of player that they have uh, on, on paper, but obviously it is a new squad. We do have to factor that in. Uh, we spoke to to Mitz, uh, the head coach of the Tactics, Marianne Delaney-Hoshik, a few weeks ago, just about those connections and how hard it is uh, to, to start almost fresh. I mean, losing Ellie Bird, who has been your goal shoot over the last uh, uh, 10 years, at that, and that's probably a stretch, but, but bringing in uh, the red-hot Alia Dunn from the Pulse, it's turned around this season, and in my words, she didn't disappoint uh, against the Magic, shooting 39 from 40, an emphatic 98%, which uh, which really lit it up, and, and it was a shooting spectacle from both sides. Both teams shot 100% in the first quarter. It was the Tactics who ran away with that one, 15-12. But the, the, the place that was interesting for me is coming out in the second quarter, and, and I know that we can say we look at the stats every week and, and they don't tell the full story. But I think that that was where the, the tactics managed to get it, was in that second and uh, in that second quarter, my apologies, going into halftime, managing to take a 20-12 to 12, uh, win in that second quarter, which really halted the magic. But for me, where I was impressed, and it's, it's not really a surprise for most of you out there who do love a good listen of Centre Pass and Focus, Jane Watson. I mean, we can we can harp on about the the tactics defensive circle as long as we want with with Karen Berger alongside her how wrong can you go but just Jane's uh, ability to disrupt the feed of the magic and we saw a few uh, turnovers that that were due to miscommunication misplaced passes which made it really interesting and and, and given where the tactics are currently on the table they do sit fourth which is one spot outside of the elimination final it begs to ask the question, they've got a very, very tough uh, two games coming up. They have to go next week now, play the top of the table pulse on Saturday, have a rest Sunday, come back on Monday, up to Auckland, and you have to play second place Mystics to secure your spot. So very, very tough away wins for the tactics coming up. And uh, speaking of the top of the table, we saw the top of the table clash uh, on Sunday, it was at TSB Arena, the home of the Central Pulse, where where the Pulse took on the Mystics, and my word was that a shock uh, to many, and when I say many, I mean uh, me, myself, and I. The Pulse, running away with a 19-9 first quarter lead, and really interested to hear from Yvette McCausland Jury uh, in a short while when we head down to the coach's corner. What did it? What was it that uh, allowed them to, to creep away 
and just sort of not allow the Mystics back into the game. They did fight back in the uh, in the second, third and fourth quarter, but the second quarter especially, the Mystics taking it 18-14. But it was that first quarter. And for me it was a story of the Mystics just didn't fire right off the bat. Pezza Toyava and Grace Wickey is one of the strongest combinations that we have in the ANZ Premiership. And I always had a thought that someday there's going to be a, a defensive mid-court and, and defensive circle pairing that's going to be able to slow it down. We hadn't really seen that, and that was until, to me, that, that first quarter of the Pulse and Mystics game. It was unbelievable to watch how the Pulse's mid-court, the make-up of, of Maddie Gordon, Famu Yuani, Whitney Sunis, how they managed to disrupt and really, really slow down uh, that attacking end for the Mystics, which has been so dominant over the last three seasons. It got me thinking, sort of, where does this leave us heading into elimination finals? Do the Pulse go through and make another another minor premiership for a vet, make it number five? Are we going to see a repeat of last year where the Pulse beat the Mystics and sent themselves through to the grand final and the Mystics end up getting eliminated by by the Stars, is what happened last year. It's a question that I'd love to ask Yvette, and, and if she does go straight through to the grand final, is it an advantage? Or is it sort of, do you get half the advantage taken away by not having a game in that week? Yes, you get the week off, but the teams that finish second and third have to go head-to-head to play each other. Really interested to hear that, and really interested to hear your thoughts as well. Double eight, double three. Text me any time. I'm here to talk everything ANZ Premiership Netball. If you're a Steel fan, where are you, Steel fans? One more round to go. I desperately want to see the Steel finally get that win that they well and truly deserve, I think. We saw them on Monday go up against the Stars and, my word, Maya Wilson put on an absolute shooting clinic. It was her season best, 42 from 43, 98%. The combinations of Gina Crampton, who we caught up with last week and, and had fantastic things to say about this combination of Gina Crampton, Mila Riyu Buchanan and Maya Wilson. The stars seem to have this, this superpower, I call it, where they just peak at the absolute right time. They know when to do it. They know how to do it. It was truly impressive seeing that. And look, we can say that, yes, yes, on Monday, they were, last night, they were playing the Steel. The Steel haven't had a win all year. But it's absolutely no easy feat to head down to ILT Stadium in Southland with that crowd, that passionate fan base. And trust me, they, they've not stopped coming. They've been there in full noise, backing their Southern Steel right to the very end. With one more round, Steel fans, let me know, can that win happen? I mean, you, playing against the Magic on Sunday, in Invercargill, at home, you came so close in, uh, in, in round 10 when you lost 52-45 to the Magic. Double eight, double three. please let me know, Steel fans, can you get that win? And what positives are you taking out of the season? Because I'm taking a few. It's a young team. They've gotten all the experience now. Saviour Tui, 35 from 41 again this week. She stepped up. Georgia Heffernan hasn't been the greatest year for her, but it's the experience playing in the ANZ Premiership, one of the most competitive leagues in the world. Can't be bad, can it? Surely not.
But hey, look, we, we're going to talk a bit of stars now. I'm going to focus down on it. And every time we do talk stars, it is thanks to our good friends at Vertical Logistics, your freight and logistics specialists. Stars fans, I really want to know, are you confident in another grand final run? I am. I think I am. Third place at the moment, 29 points, one point behind the Mystics, four points behind the Pulse. The last game of the season for the Stars is on Sunday, the 21st of May, at their home ground. It is a sold-out Northern Challenge. Stars v Mystics. The pinnacle of Auckland netball. Those two go up against each other. And if we just look at the Stars last night, you look at that performance against the Steel. We go back to the combination I mentioned earlier, the Mila Ryulu Buchanan, the Gina Crampton, the Maya Wilson all together. Mila stood out yet again, claiming another player of the match. 56 circle edge feeds for the match. How do you stop that? Mila is a centre, right? Just for you out there. Gina Crampton is arguably the best wing attack in the world. The combination of them two, the versatility to be able to switch it up on command and feed the hot hands of Maya Wilson and Amorangi Malasala continues to amaze me every week. Now that game against the Steel, absolute Maya Wilson masterclass. I mentioned it before, 98% accuracy, 42 from 43. For me, it was one in a position where the Stars have been overlooked this year, in my opinion their defensive end. The intensity of their defence coming out in that first quarter against the Steel stamped their mark on the game. Now, to the eye, the end of the first quarter was 11-14, but I was confident from then that, that the Stars said, hey, this is our time. We're here to do business. We're here to get to another grand final. This year we're not here to play. We're here to win. And they showed that out on the court. At one point, the Stars had a 15-goal uh, lead on the steel. Overlooked, in my opinion. We can look at the score. We can look at the, the breakdown of quarter. Yes, we can look at the third and say 18-10. But for me, it was, it was all round. It was an all-round performance from the Stars. Stars fan, any, any fans, double eight, double three, where can you fault the Stars right now? Because I'm looking through, I'm looking through their defence. Stand out to me. On the weekend. I'm looking at Mila Ryulu Buchanan, the centre. Another player of the match. Where can you fault the stars at the moment? Double eight, double three. Let me know. That was all thanks to Vertical Logistics, proud partners of the Northern Stars, and leading the way in personalising your freight and logistics services. Look, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. On the other side, we're going to come back with the grand return of one of my favourite segments, uh, where we can pick the brains of, of, of the great... Uh, mad scientists, I call them, behind the scenes. And this week is uh, one of the very, very best. So after this break, we're going to be catching up with head coach of the Pulse, Yvette McCausland Jury. Stay tuned. 20 minutes past eight here on ECNZ Centre Pass and Focus. And yes, I promised you before the break, it's now time for the Coach's Corner. Inside the locker room, it's time to head to the Coaching Corner. Yes, that's right. It's back, the uh, all-fan uh, favourite Coach's Corner. And just remember this, thanks to Bedpost, our good friends, helping Kiwis get a good night's sleep since 1991. And I'll tell you someone who must have had a good sleep 
uh, over the weekend as, as the coach of the Central Pulse, Yvette McCausland Jury. Yvette, uh, kia ora, welcome in. Kia ora, I'm here. Sorry, oh, not sure what happened there. No, no, don't worry. It's so good to hear your voice and we've got you here. Welcome into the show, first of all. How did you sleep the other night after uh, going up a top of the table clash? It must have been good coming home and, and tucking yourself in. Oh, look, every time you get a win, even though we've had some very, very close margins, it makes a big difference. But, you yeah, know, really proud of the group. Um, on Sunday night, it was a really big task, but I thought there were a number of player match performances, so it was pleasing. Yvette, we, we caught up uh, just after round two, which which feels like such a long time ago now how we've got into mm. the season. And I remember you, we, you were telling me that you were so glad that pre-season was over and you thought the performances were patchy and inconsistent, but the team had lots of potential. Do you think the team's reached that potential or how far off are we? Yeah, look, I think there's definitely been progress um, that, you know, four losses in a row, although most of them were within one goal. It was, uh, I guess for me, just we knew that there were a number of new combinations that needed time to settle and and the hope that they were going to settle reasonably quickly. And I've been really pleased with where they've got to, but I still think there's more in us. I don't think we've played to our full potential as yet, I think. In some games, we've had some really great attacking work and at times we've struggled to get ball defensively and other times the defence have been really in control and the attacks have struggled. So, um, look, I, I, you know, you're always hoping for that ultimate performance and every week you get an opportunity to be a little bit better and I think incrementally we've done that. Yvette, just, just going back to the this weekend's round uh, game against the, the Mystics, I just want to talk to you about uh, Grace Wickey. Now, we know that Grace is not your, your stereotypical goal shoot. She is quite the freak of nature and uh, is continuing to lead uh, the league in, in goals. So how did you guys manage to slow her down, especially coming out in that first quarter? Yeah, I think there's a number of things. We, you know, obviously worked really hard to make sure that we had people over ball that we were working, you know, to keep them up and off circle edge and challenging their view, their direct view in. But, you know, the height of Kelly um, up against the height of, of Grace, that's a start. There's some, you know, some challenge in terms of view. But what we did see and we thought it was going to happen after quarter one is they really opened up and put that ball in and, and fought their way back in. I think they got within three, one part. So we did expect that was going to come and that's a really hard thing to to hold back. But I think, like you say, the start's really important and it just shifts the pressure from you as the team onto the other team to have to chase. And we've been in plenty of those positions this year and it's not a, not a comfortable space to be. So the start was a really key part. What what was your sort of reaction and and points to the team at the end of that first quarter? I mean, being up by ten goals in the first is not something we're used to seeing, especially against a team of the Mystics caliber. So, what was sort of uh, what was sort of said in that quarter time break to to sort of encourage the team to go out there and, and keep the foot on the gas? Yeah, well, mostly we recognised that there would be some repercussions um, of that. So great to get a good start, but we were realistic that they hadn't. Um, played their best potential at that point and we were really just talking about what do we need to consolidate and that was continuing to get up and over ball, trying to deny that ability to get to circle edge and for Kelly just to keep maintaining movement. There were times when potentially Grace was open but they just hadn't given her the ball and we thought that was going to come. So um, that was a key part defensively but on attack, uh, probably our biggest challenge at that point was just the rate at which we were scoring. So trying to be really efficient about how quickly we could get ball down, um, the accuracy of the feed and the placement. 
really aware with the two Silfern defenders in there um, for Amelia just making sure that she had um, line of sight to the feeders. So it was a bit about both ends. And for me, it's it's never about overly celebrating one thing. Uh, we pretty much stay the same and we think about a 0-0 start. So each quarter you've got to start again and flush that one and assume you're back at the start point of um, no goals and you've got to build another piece. Yvette, let's just talk about your mid-court, uh, your starting mid-court for a second. Uh, Whitney Soonis, Maddie Gordon and Farmu Yuani. I've been so impressed uh, with the versatility of the mid-court and the combinations with both the attack end and the defensive end. Has there sort of been a system that your mid-court has been using to excel at this rate? Yeah, look, I just think they've got amazing, sounds pretty simple, but amazing ball skills. Yeah. They can pass and catch anything that's given and I think they have a massive commitment to whatever's sent towards them they'll take. They have really strong running lines, they've got good pace and power and so they've got the ability to play on the ground at pace but also get into the air if that's required and inside that next piece um, has been about our defensive Christiana and and Farmu having a really strong attacking game Mm. so they're able to bring the ball down, release the pressure off that front line who can get themselves organised and I think the other thing for us is we've worked hard to play with both length and width and that sounds really simple but it's often when there's people in front of you the courage to use space um, either as somebody moving into it or a ball being placed into that space sometimes gets lost so uh, Tiana's a big part of that as well she has absolute power and her ability to really use um, the court but the, the growth that I've seen in that front line those three in particular um, is just that patience with the ball we've in the past been a little bit erratic and let ball go that's been a, you know more 50-50 than guaranteed but I'm seeing a lot more composure in their decision making just that ability to stop and check uh, but at the same time have um, the, the mix where they can play with pace so I think that's there's a real shift in their confidence around each other and that combination is built over the season and just the fact that whatever they're sent, uh, they'll do everything they can for each other to pull the ball in. Yeah, well, you, you said quite a few times there, it sounds really simple and, and to, vet, to the to the blind mm. eye, it looks very simple. It's got your top of the table and it just seems so seamless. So it's really interesting to break it down and what was going on there. Hey, I know that I love to mention to you that the youngest team on average, the, the Pulse, but but the leadership and, and the maturity that is portrayed not only on the court but off it is, is, is truly inspiring to watch. But let's just focus on one of your young players, someone who stepped into uh, the, the shoes of Alia Dunn, who is not easy uh, to, to step into those shoes at all. Amelia Wormsley, she's been uh, the, the one that everybody wants to talk about this year. How impressed have you been uh, with her growth and maturity, uh, both as a person and her game on court? Yeah, absolutely. And as you mentioned, the leadership across the court's really important. It's a piece that we've talked a lot about is if you can grow your internal leadership and everybody knows their role and mm. has clarity around how they bring strength onto the court and what strengths they bring off the court, then you've got that ability to, one, um, respectfully know why change happens and respectfully understand what everybody brings. So I think that has been a really big growth in this group. But certainly in terms of Amelia, I think she's really, we've just seen shift every single week. This isn't where we thought she was going to be at this stage. She's taken her opportunities. She's growing every week. It hasn't been easy. I mean, everybody's seen at times where emotionally she's been a bit distraught at times with different 
um, parts of the game, but she just has a real tenacity to stay on task. She's coachable. She's open to learning. She tries every week to just be that little bit better. And we know every time she goes out there as a young player, she's really anxious. She has a huge respect for everybody um, that she plays against and, and she forgets that people actually respect her. So hmm. I think it's been neat to see the growth. So I'm, I'm also really aware of the, the work that goes on and the Maddies and Whitney and Tiana to make sure that they are, allow her just to focus on her task and they pick up little bits, you know, a little bit extra here and there to make sure that that placement is accurate, to make sure that the movement is strong so that they're pulling defence away from her and... Um, and they just keep giving her ball and they always show faith and trust. And I think when you're, you know, developing and evolving player for your teammates to continue to show faith in you, it, can, it you know, helps build your own confidence. 100%. You guys down there at the, the pulse of it, just, just talk me through, how do you guys grow uh, your connections with each other? Uh, maybe it's something you do off court as a group, but you're, you're so right. Everything is in harmony. Everyone understands their role. How do you get your players to that uh, sort of level? Yeah, I think it's it's a real privilege to have a small group. We have only ten players in the group, and so for me, it's uh, for me making sure that I'm really clear about what points of difference they bring. That when you put somebody on the court, it's you don't want them to replicate the person who's come off. Otherwise, you'd have left them on. So to talk openly about what they bring as a unit, why we'd make the change, what difference we're looking for, um, how that would work. I think that's a really important piece that. I think we've worked really hard on, so that clarity is, is huge. And then the consistency for us around, this is what we expect, this is what we think you're capable of, and these are the little tweaks you need to make. So we're not asking for big change, we're not asking them to do things that are not beyond them, but to think about a strength-based approach, think about, you know, for me it's always looking for what they're good at and accentuating the positives all the time, accentuating where, where they're adding value, um, whether that be on and off the court. I think that's a really important piece. And the last bit really is if you take time uh, for all of us in that group to get to know each other, we then have the ability to see when our mates may be under a bit of pressure. We then know how to respond. We start to learn some cues about performance, and that can be in a training week. It could be you know, just watching them as they arrive at training, the iometer is as strong as anything else in terms of feedback. So, yeah, really genuinely creating an environment where they can be them. Uh, they have the ability to, you know, grow in that space and importantly they know that individual growth will add to collective growth. Ivi, I know you probably get told this a million times every year, but you are amazing. You are an absolute mastermind. I want to join the Pulse. Can I come down and be a part of the environment next year? I mean, it just sounds spectacular. Absolutely. What you're doing down there. I'll come down with Steffi. Yeah, me and Mark yeah, Stafford coming absolutely. down. So we'll be down. Hey, Yvette, just before I let you go, I just wanted to sort of ask you a question around, now you haven't secured uh, the grand final spot yet, but you do find yourself top of the mm. table. And if you do finish top of the table for listeners at home, you do go straight to the grand final. It, it happened last year where you guys finished top of the table. What did you do in that week off? Because I'm sort of having this uh, debate with myself, is it actually an advantage having the week off and not playing a game that week? So what are your thoughts on that? And, and what did you guys do during that uh, that week off last year? Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Sometimes you look at it and you think, oh, crikey, we'd watched that Stars-Mystics game and thought, boy, it's hard to replicate 
that level of competition, mm. you know, in your training week. And sometimes you think, oh, are you better to take the rest or are you better to get the game time? So we try and replicate. Um, and again, yeah, we're not in the grand final direct. We've got There's a lot of water to go under the bridge and how fantastic that every game in this next round counts. So we'll be sitting there right through till Monday waiting for that final result. And there's a few few bits to play, but... Uh, we know at the moment our focus is to make sure we secure our own game and, and what happens after that is putting pressure back on others to do their part. So we've planned out, we do about uh, two plans for how we might run that last week. Uh, at this stage, having that big block where we had nine games in that month, we're starting to just see a little bit of fatigue uh, coming in. So we've just started to reshape a couple of our weeks to look at how we can freshen up uh, how we, you know, maintain that ability to still get physical load, but the most important thing is getting a mental unload. And how do we build excitement about going into a grand final? Because in the end, you win, you win. It's great. If you don't, it's just such a privilege to make it, you know, up to that point. So that's a really big piece for us is um, freshening them up mentally, giving enough physical load but not fatigue, and then looking for some of those, it, I suppose, like fun moments, some real energy bursts where they can remember, wow, this is, it's awesome to get here and it's been, you know, a mix of challenge and, and some success. But you're never the same team ever again. There's always change. There's always something that's different. And so just to really enjoy that time in those last um, weeks together and, and get the game plan really simplified. So, yeah, we've got a couple of plans that we're looking at. And, again, take that back to the players, which, what do you think? Where are you at? As leaders, what do you think is going to make the difference? And if they've got the buy-in, then that's all that matters. Whether I agree with it or not really doesn't matter at that point. If they believe it's the right thing to do, it's the right thing to do. Yvette, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, speaking to you tonight. Thank you very much for your time. It's it's always very enjoyable. And getting into that mastermind, Yvette, you are the wonderful coach. So thank you very, very much for joining me tonight. Namahe. Kia ora. Kia ora. That was Yvette McCall's injury on the return of Coach's Corner. You know I had to go right to the top dogs uh, for the great return. And that was, thanks to our good mates at Bedpost Update. Upgrade your sleep with Bedpost to recharge your mind and body. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back after this. Myself, Kieran Bingham. Stormy P. I hope you're feeling well, my friend. Uh, Just me today, carrying you through for the last 20 minutes. We're going to be catching up, uh, going on Tactics Watch uh, very shortly and catching up with mid-quarter. Used to seeing her in the centre bit, but now playing wing attack for the tactics. Camille Depoy. But I just thought I'd bring this to your attention. As a Silver Ferns diehard, uh, and you can let me know too, double eight, double three out there, how impressive is this news? Now, I-, I loaded up the old interwebs this afternoon to find Laura Langman. Yes, the Laura Langman is returning to help the Silver Ferns. But not in the way that you think. She's not playing. She's going to come in. Is sort of a, an advisor, a consultant, a bit of a Patrick Jane sort of situation going on here. So we saw this is nothing new. We saw this in 2019. Uh, Laura Langman was the captain of the Silver Ferns that uh, went to Liverpool and won the 2019 World Cup. And, and the funny story there was in 2019, uh, Dame Nolan Totoa was coaching the Sun, Sunshine Coast Lightning and Laura Langman was the captain. 
and they were both heading away uh, to go to Liverpool for the 2019 World Cup. So they, they brought the team over and Laura and Knowles welcomed them to what was their home at the time uh, for a camp. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if the Sunshine Coast is expected to get another Silver Ferns camp ahead of the World Cup this year in South Africa. No trials as well uh, for the Silver Ferns this year, so it's going to be really interesting to see what sort of preparation goes into this World Cup. Now, we know that Dame Knowles, when we caught up with her, uh, Storm and I on Centre Pass uh, not that long ago, about midway through the ANZ Premiership, we talked to her about having no trials and what's going to go into this World Cup. Now, now she's pretty much told us that she's been selecting the squad for the last three or four years. She knows who she's got in mind. It's just about... Uh, picking those little choices. The Silver Ferns are allowed to take away 12 players uh, to South Africa and you're allowed three, I believe, uh, to come in as reserves. But if you do use one of those reserves, uh, the, the player who you sub them in for is not allowed to return to the tournament. So that, that makes me think, double eight, double three, who are going to be the three players that, that travel as a reserve? Who's just going to miss that initial 12 but sneak into the 15? So really exciting news that Laura Langman is going to be returning to the Silver Ferns environment as a consultant. Now, we're expecting her to take on a technical role uh, with a focus on strategy. Uh, I believe she's in there, and, and to me, it's an absolute no-brainer. I mean, you look at the Silver Ferns midcourt uh, over the last two years compared to 2019, Gina Crampton is the only midcourter remaining, unless you want to count Karen Berger, who they did take as a midcourter. It does... It does and it doesn't make me worried how inexperienced our mid-quarters. Because you look through, who who was Knowles going to take? You, you, instantly my mind goes to centre, it goes to Kate Heffernan, who's had a very tough year with the steel, but she cemented herself last year in the black dress. Gina Crampton, she filled in as captain uh, not that long ago. She took a sabbatical, but came back and she's had a stellar, another stellar season with the Stars. So it begs the question, who are you going to take for the midcourt? Does Karen Berger slip into your midcourt instead of the defence? Double eight, double three, let me know. Because one person I'm going to put that to after the break is, is Kimiora Poi. We've seen her stamp her mark in, in the black dress over the last few years. She's been playing at wing attack this year, which isn't her normal position of centre, but she's been excelling. What are her thoughts? Double eight, double three, if you have any questions for Kimi Poi, we'll be back in a sec. Welcome back into Centre Pass and Focus here on SENZ. No Storm Purvis, hope you're resting up, bud. Just myself, Kieran Bingham, in studio tonight, and we are getting the binoculars on, going on a bit of tactics watch, uh, thanks to our good friends at the Trident Home Tactics. Proud supporters of the Trident Home Tactics, check out their modern home plans at tridenthomes.nz. And with me right now, I have the, uh, I was going to call you the centre, sorry, Kimmy, the, the wing attack this season of the Trident Homes Tactics. Kimmy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. No dramas. Thank you for staying up this late. It's, uh, it's always good yeah, to catch up. Yeah, my beat time. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. was going to ask that. Are you in bed at the moment? I've, I've done that one before. I actually am. Yep. my early on. It's quite cold here in Christchurch tonight, so I am in bed. <laughs> oh, jeez, I don't blame you. Kimmy, it's been cold up here in Auckland, but I can't imagine what you're going through down in Christchurch, poor thing. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Kimmy, let's just start. Let's take it back and, and played the first game of Round 11 on Saturday against the Magic. And now, it was a convincing win in the end, but how did you find that game on court? Yeah, I think um, coming off a kind of weird training week, 
it was, was, was a performance that I was proud of um, from everybody, actually. It, uh, we just found our flow. Um, our attacking was working well. Our defense end was working well at the same time. And, yeah, we were able to just grind the game out and, yeah, get some points on the board, which was good. Camille, let's just talk about your combinations this year. And I, and I want to start uh, inside the shooting circle. Uh, Ellie, We saw Ellie Bird make her departure from the team at the end of the season and we saw Alia Dunn uh, into the frame. How have you found uh, working with Alia and Sapaya this season? Yeah, it's been actually pretty good. Um, I guess just with the new combination, there's three of us new in different positions yes. and new people. It was just going to be a little bit of time to get our combinations going. We saw it like in glimpses in some games and then not so much in other games. But yeah, having those two tall targets down the back has been great for us. They're both accurate shooters. They're both strong hold holders and can take the ball nice and strongly. So yeah, it's been awesome having them in our shooting circle. And as I mentioned before, we, we, we're used to seeing you in that in centre bib, uh, but, but you've played predominantly at wing attack this year. How have you found uh, playing uh, sort of predominantly at wing attack more so than centre? And how have you sort of excelled your, ga- your feeding game? Because to the stats, it looks quite phenomenal. But just talk us through that transition. Yeah, I think um, most of pre-season, just with Laura not coming here until two weeks before the season actually started, I was playing centre and I thought I'd just play a little bit of wing attack and then kind of when Laura came and we just figured out what our combinations were going to be, Mitz, said, or Mitz our captain, said, oh, oh, sorry, not our captain, our coach, coach. said, that's right, it's too late at night right now. Yeah. <laughs> our, our coach um, said, oh, I think we might play you more at wing attack. And I was like, okay. But um, the first couple of games I was a bit nervous and just, kind of struggled to find my feet and just the different lines that you run but yeah as the season's gone on I've quite enjoyed it just a good change good challenge for me and yeah like you said it kind of added to my feeding game a bit yeah so just sort of on that do you think so we know that it's it's widened your skill base has it widened your repertoire in terms of honours above uh, the ANZ premiership looking ahead I know it is a world cup year this year don't want to jinx anything or get anything into (laughs) it but but do you think that's uh, extremely helped your chances in terms of versatility yeah, I think it actually has. And just coming off five years in a row just playing centre and not really playing wing attack, I guess that kind of limits my chances, I guess, getting selected because I need to be the centre, if you know what I mean. But if I could be a player who can play wing attack and centre, um, yeah, that just gives a little bit more variety um, when they come to selecting teams. But, yeah, just focus, fo- really focusing on just my individual performance and then our team performance with the tactics. Just talking on that, focusing on on uh, your performance. Did you have any personal goals leading into this season? Um, I did. It was more well. Once I sort of figured out that I was going to be playing wing attack, I guess just growing my game in that space, and then just going back to enjoying some netball. Um, the last couple of seasons, I well personally, just looking back at myself and reflecting, I think I've gone a little bit stale, or just you know, just going with the flow. Um, so, yeah, just trying to find a little bit of fun again. But, yeah, just always challenging myself. Now, uh, we look ahead uh, to next week, and I know it's already Tuesday, to so, so sorry to bear this on you, but it's by far not an easy round at all. Uh, playing both games away, uh, first one on Saturday against the Pulse and on Monday against the Mystics. Has there sort of been any conversations around uh, th- these games being, being huge uh, for the remainder of the season? Yeah, I think um, we just know we need to control what we can control and that that is putting out good performances 
against the Pulse first and then, yeah, backing it up against the Mystics because we can't afford to drop a game and then we also need to rely on fate and hopefully another result goes our way for us to make that final series. But, yeah, just going back to our own jobs and what we can do out on court. Camille, let's. I'll, I'll take a break from from hammering you with these uh, Tuesday night looking ahead towards the weekend. A tough round. Growing up, Camille, just for the listeners out there, how did you get yourself into netball? How did I get myself into netball? Um, I guess just starting at a young age, at the little primary school that I went to, the girls played netball, the boys played rugby, and I yeah, just my friends played at that time, so I wanted to play with my friends. But more as I've grown a little bit older the reason why I play netball is just the people I guess you just meet some awesome people you play with different people most of my um, real good friends are netballers so yeah that's one of the other uh, one of the things why I play netball and then also get to travel a bit so those are probably my couple of things why I play netball. Yes the people and the travel now you've just set yourself yeah. up there for a, for a quite a hard one there who's your favourite roommate of all time? Oh favourite roommate I don't really have a favourite roommate. I, oh yeah, that's a hard one. But if I was to pick one person, maybe I'd say Jane because she always brings lollies. Yes, so, that's yeah. the key. I've, <laughs> I've heard uh, maybe in the Ferns environment, uh, lip sealed, listeners cover your ears that there is a habit of sneaking out and getting a bar of chocolate on the odd occasion. So I'm sure yes, you'll be locked in. Supermarket run. Yes, yes, the quiet. I won't tell Knowles, my lips are sealed. Right? Hey, Kimmy, <laughs> thank you so much for taking time tonight to come and join me. I know you're in bed, so I'll let you lock the phone, turn over, <laughs> put your head on the pillow, and get a good sleep. And so thank you so much for joining us. We're really looking forward to seeing how this weekend plays out. Cool, thank you. No dramas at all. There she is, Kimi Orapoi, the uh, the amazing mid-quarter for the tactics. I keep going to call her a centre, but I am used to seeing her in that wing attack bib now, so always awesome to catch up with uh, with Tokumaru Bay's very own uh, Kimi Orapoi. And just remember that is always thanks to our good friends at Trident Homes, proud supporters of the Trident Home tactics. Check out their modern home plans at tridenthomes.nz. And just like that... That's the sound of the buzzer in my own head. No one else could hear that. But look, we're at the end of the show. So I just thought, usually I put this to Storm. Uh, I'll go through the games from round 12 and she has to pick a winner. So I'm going to pretend that Storm's here and I'm going to try and pick for her. So Saturday, the opening game, top of the table, Pulse, go up against the Tactics and an absolute must win. I'm going to back the tactics because I really want them to get up and make things spicy going into the uh, elimination slash grand final deciders. Stars, Mystics, Northern Challenge, Mystics coming off a big loss. I'm going to take the Mystics. On Sunday, the Steel take on the Magic. I'm getting up the Steel to get their first win. Monday, Mystics, Tactics, double eight, double three. You let me know. We'll see you next week.